1: merely groom your hair. It's the first and only hair tonic made with pure virgin olive oil, nature's finest hair and scalp conditioner. So Trim conditions your scalp as it grooms your hair. Try this amazing new Pepsodent product. Yes, try Trim Hair Tonic. by Leslie Charteris, and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor, Vincent Price, as The Saint. Come in. Oh, now it's you again. Yes, me again, Saint. I told you I'd be back for an answer. And I told you what the answer would be, McGat. I like this town. I'm going to stick around a few more days and finish up my business here. Like I said, Saint, it ain't your business. And the boss is up the price to five grand for you to skip. Five grand, Saint, just to leave town and forget you ever been here. That's not my price, McGarrett. Well, then what do you want? Why, make an offer? I want the man who killed John Daniels. Daniels? The Treasury Department, guy. Yes. What do you got to do with him? He was a friend of mine. I want the boy who cut him down, McGarrett. That is one boy you ain't going to get, Saint. Oh. Oh, the big shot did it himself, The eh? big shot did it himself. And then I'll settle for him. <laughs> you settle in your grave first. You're going to have to make an awful lot of first down step across that goal line, Mr. Templer. Oh, I've got some trick plays I expect to use. Deception against power. It sometimes works, guy. I always heard you were a smart pants. <laughs> I guess I heard wrong. Do you think I'm tough? Tough enough. Just wait and you see what you've got to go through before you even get within hard-calling distance of the big shot, Saint. Well, you see, and to top it off, there ain't but two guys in this town even know who he is. Who are the two, guy Goodbye, Saint. Uh, Martini and Shaw are the best undertakers. Who are the two guys who know who the big shot is, McGarrett? Don't come no closer, Saint. This gun spits poison, lead poison. Yeah, that gun looks good on you, McGarrett. It sort of rounds out the picture of what the well-dressed bum is wearing this season. Stay where you are, Saint. I'll show you what the well-dressed snooper wears in this town. A perforated vest. Now, keep back there. Keep back there. Keep (laughs) back (laughs) there. Thank you. I'll add this piece of lethal hardware to my collection, McGarrett. And if you don't start the sort of conversation piece, I want to hear you go into my collection, too. I, I don't know nothing. I know, but I'm not interested in your lack of formal education. It's the name of two people I'm concerned with. I don't know. Oh, oh my, my arm. Let go of oh, my arm. The name. Uh, it was a dame. She, she knew Mr. Big, the only dame he ever went for. Dame named what? Rose. I'll kill you if you don't. The other name. Al, Al Boston. Al Boston. Yeah, yeah, go going. Let go. Very well, McGarrett. Rose Taylor and Al Boston. I warned you, Saint. You ain't scoring against this team. You better get I heard you, McGarrett. Now, as my old grandmother used to say, out, Bum, out. <laughs> you? Not yet, Rose. <laughs> not ever. <laughs> Come now, Rose. Is it polite to shut the door on a man's toes? I give you my word I'm not a brush salesman. Why, I haven't got a brush to my name. Then I'll give you one scram, mister. I don't like stupers. <clears throat> Stop pushing you.
2: All right, so you're in. So what do we do now, dance?
1: Yes, or uh, sing, perhaps? You couldn't buy a song from me. Not even a little song? A man's name? Who? The man behind the men behind the guns, Rose, Mr. Important. No small music, mister. That's the whole opera. Are you afraid of him too, Rose?
2: In this town, the best way to stay healthy is to stay afraid. I'm scared of everyone, mister. I'm even scared of you. Maybe I
1: should have taken off the pumpkin head when Halloween was over, like the rest of the children.
2: You've got a bug buzzing inside you, mister. It's going to get you killed unless you stop it from asking the wrong kind of questions. What's your target,
1: anyway? My target? The electric chair. I intend to dump my ammunition squarely in it. A man named John Daniels was killed by a man I'm going to meet very soon. You're dead, mister. You're all dead. All that's needed
2: to make it legal for the buzzards is for you to lie down. Oh, you're dead.
1: Well, as long as I don't know it, it won't hurt me. You better go.
2: If anyone knew I was within ten yards of a guy as red-hot as you, mister, they'd burn me down, too. Please, go.
1: Where can I find the big shot?
2: I never heard tell of any big shot. You're barking up the wrong tombstone, (laughs) mister. You're a morbid little girl, aren't you? Like I said, in this town, death is always looking in on you. Anyone you meet can be the butcher, even you. Now go, I'm scared. What if someone tailed you to me? What if... What's that?
3: Shh. You were tailed.
2: You must have got into the fire
3: escape and... down. Get down. (laughs)
1: Yes, I was tailed. Too bad you were the one who had to be tagged. Well, Mr. Templer, I'm glad you decided to visit the office of the district attorney voluntarily. It does save you the embarrassment of my picking you up, doesn't it? Yes, Mr. Richards, but it also saves you the embarrassment of trying to pick me up. <laughs> why this sudden desire to entertain me, Mr. Richards? I'm not entertaining you, Saint. I'm holding you from murder. I repeat, why? You were in the same room when Rose Taylor was killed. Oh? So the least I can do to uphold my oath of office, Mr. Templer, is to juggle. You. As, uh, shall we say, a material witness? It's nice material, Mr. Richards. But it makes a badly fitting suit. Why was she killed? Because she was one of the two people who knew the name of your local head, Crumbum. She told you? I wasn't given enough time to convince her that she should before someone decided it was the 4th of July. But there are other ways to search him out and make sure he keeps his date. His date, Mr. Temple? Yes, with the chair that men sit in only once. A certain John Daniels was a friend of mine from childhood. I was a pallbearer at his funeral, Mr. Richards. And so? The bullet in his back made his coffin awfully heavy. And it got heavier in retrospect when I heard the district attorney had called the case closed. I had to close it. I'd gone up every alley and they were all dead end. There were too many live cases that needed my staff's attention. I know. So I'm playing it my way. I've gone up the same blind alleys in the past few days. Now I'm in an alley with a freeway at the end of it. You mean you know who killed Daniel? Yes. Mr. Number One, the big shot himself. Now all I have to do is learn his name. Huh. Is that all? And, of course, take him. Yeah, i have to lock you up for your own safety. You should, but you won't. In fact, you can't. No? No. Because I took the liberty to do a little, uh, press agenting. You what? I told the newspapers that I'd be here both today to have a talk and tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock to deliver a murderer. The people in this town might not approve of your not giving me the chance. All right. Until ten tomorrow. I'll expect you, Mr. Templer, with or without your victim. I'll be here. I know you'll be here, Mr. Templer. The only question is, will you be here dead or alive? Yes, I... Oh, you startled me. For a moment, I I thought you were someone else.
4: Who, Mr. Templer?
1: Someone who couldn't possibly walk up to me on the street.
4: Who are you? Her sister. Rose Taylor's sister? The late Rose Taylor's sister, Mr. Templer. Does one call you Saint? It doesn't matter. Why did you kill her? There's only one possible
1: answer to that. I didn't.
4: I don't believe you. No. Don't reach into that pocket, Saint. Not unless you're completely bored with life. Bored? Oh,
1: on the contrary. So far, my life with you has been one continual round of excitement.
4: Next, I suppose, you'll suggest we fly away to the cosmos.
1: Something like that. Only I had the bar up the street in mind as the place to fly away to.
4: I don't drink with people I don't trust. So let's fly my way. Come. And in case you're thinking of lingering, remember, I've got a hand on my pocketbook. And a finger that isn't convinced you didn't kill Rose.
1: I bet it's a 25 with a mother of pearl hand.
4: You win the bet. It's a small gun, but when the bullets hit, they feel big.
1: Come. Where are we going?
4: Someone wants to see you.
1: And you were delegated to all me in a mere girl with a mere twenty-five.
4: I wasn't delegated, mister. I begged for the job. I'm flattered. Don't be. I begged for the job because I was hoping you'd try not to come.
1: Rose was my only
4: sister. Come on, come on.
1: One more question before I decide whether or not to be shot or hijacked. Uh, whom are we calling on? Al Boston. I'm his secretary. He wants to see you. Rest your trigger finger, lady. That's exactly what I feel like doing, too. bring you over because I want to warn you to lay off, Saint. The last time you warned me to lay off, Al, you wound up serving time. Well, I've smartened up, Saint. I don't bite off more than I can swallow no longer. Now, what's making your ear rich? Who's the big boss, Al? For how much? You mean you'll tell for money? Can you think of a better thing to get paid off in? I told you I've smartened up. I don't squeeze triggers for a living no more, Saint. Oh, what type of wrongdoing do you specialize in now, Al? And in charge of the big boss's books. You mean there's Pat Hiles and and Cadillac money and that? Well, that depends on how the books are kept, Saint. I've got a system. And the only guy knows who the big boy is. And I'm the only guy knows what his take is. He trusts me like a Siamese twin. And you repay his trust by robbing him. It's all in the racket. Like I've been telling you, I've smartened up. Nobody knows it, Saint, but your pal Daniels was here in town on my private invitation. You mean you sent for the Treasury Department? Sure. It's like this. The big boy pulls in seven figures a year on his businesses. And naturally, he don't pay no taxes to Mr. Whisker. Oh, naturally. There's a fortune to our uncle in back tax stuff. Only our uncle don't know he's got it coming. So I thought he should. Out of patriotism, of course. Yeah, out of patriotism. They always treated me so nice in Leavenworth. Out of patriotism and ten percent. That's what Uncle Sammy's kept me in for, for helping to catch a tax dodger. Trouble was, the boss got wise to what Daniels was up to and gave him one through the lungs. Well, how fortunate he didn't get wise to you, Al. Yeah, but I've smartened up, Saint. I've smartened up. Saint. The
4: package just came, Al. Feels like ledgers.
1: Oh yeah, I've been expecting that, Jackie. I better get into these books right away. Uh,
4: I'm going out. Goodbye, Al.
1: Goodbye. Another set of books to juggle, Al? Yeah, from one of the joints. I better open this up and see which one.
3: Al! Stop it! Get down! Al! Al! Oh, I. Like, like, like I told you, Fink. I've s- smartened up.
1: Yes. You've smartened up, Al. But I'm afraid someone else is just a little smarter. dancing through The Saint, starring Vincent Price. Man, here's a tip. pop off your grooming in tip-top style. That's right, use new trim hair tonic to make your hair look its handsome best. You see, trim hair tonic grooms in a new natural way because it's the first and only hair tonic made with pure virgin olive oil, nature's finest hair and scalp condition. Yes, trim is Heptadent's sensational new hair tonic development. Trim Hair Tonic brings you pure virgin olive oil to condition your scalp as it grooms your hair. You can see the olive oil in Trim floating right on top. Just a few quick shakes spreads it completely, so Trim gets pure virgin olive oil right on your scalp where good hair care starts. Massage for just 30 seconds. Then note how Trim's conditioning action relieves dryness at once, checks loose falling dandruff, leaves your scalp wonderfully refreshed your hair perfectly groomed, and you like Trim's clean, fresh fragrance, the way it's quick and easy, never greasy. Yes, Trim keeps hair looking neat and well-groomed in a handsome, natural way. So try a Trim Hair Tonic now, and condition yourself as you groom your hair. We continue now with Vincent Price as The Saint.
4: A old-fashioned, please.
1: How many do you think it'll take to drown out the explosion in your ear, Jackie? Well, so
4: you followed me, Smith. I was afraid you might.
1: Little girls who don't want to be followed shouldn't wear Chanel No. 5 and strapless evening gowns, and particularly the latter. <laughs> and they shouldn't carry bombs around, either. They can't pin that on you. As long as you're wearing that particular evening gown, I'm inclined to believe you. But you did serve up the bomb, didn't you? Books.
4: I didn't know the bomb was there.
1: Tell me, Al, is Yes, Mr. Boston is deader than the city he named himself after. And there'll be others unless you... I
4: know all the answers to that one. And even if I did... You wouldn't tell me. How right you are. I'm too young to die like Rose did.
1: I'm not in any racket. I don't know
4: anything.
1: It's amazing how few people in this town admit to knowing anything. <laughs> Must be graft in the public school system.
4: No, it's fear, and the nervous system. The only thing people in this town aren't afraid of is getting arrested.
1: They've been cities like this before, Jackie. And in nine cases out of ten, when the local Mussolini was eliminated, the lesser rat scampered off the ship. That's a big
4: hunk you've bitten off of yourself, Robin Hood. I wonder if you can swallow through.
1: Goodbye. You're leaving? And I was beginning to enjoy our conversation. <laughs> also the Chanel No. 5 and uh, everything else.
4: I noticed you were enjoying yourself. Pleasant memories.
1: Where are you going? I'm
4: going to find a safety zone. I'm leaving town. Don't be surprised if you get a postcard with a picture of the Arch of Triumph.
1: Goodbye, Jackie. And uh, good luck.
4: You're the one who needs the luck. I hope you get him. Rose was a good kid. I'll get him. She was a good kid.
1: And, uh, thanks for the night, Fat Tip. Tip?
4: I don't know what you're talking.
3: Be careful, I can use it. Well, Mr.
1: Templer... How convenient of the newspaper to keep its reference files open at night. Are you a professional busybody, or have you an axe to grind, too? Oh, dear me, I'm not a busybody, Mr. Templer, nor do I have an axe to grind. Merely a gun to shoot, Mr. Templer. You know, someday, somewhere, a man will come up to me on a dark street and merely ask me for a light. I doubt it. I'm afraid your saintly stay in this world of tears and chaos is drawing to its close, Mr. Templer. This time you've poked up the wrong fire. You seem nervous, Mr. Templer. Who are you? Does it matter we'll be acquainted such a short time? Well, oh, I'd just like to know who it is that I am to come back and haunt. Very well. I am known to the exceedingly few who know me as the professor. The professor? I've had guns pulled on me by cops, cranks, crooks, and coroners, but I believe you're the very first professor. I don't mean to disillusion you, Mr. Templer, but I was merely an assistant professor. Oh, I'm still impressed. If you don't mind, the car's over there. After you, professor. Please, no jokes. I assure you this is a most serious matter. Come. Here we are. You will get in, please. Oh, after you. Oh, no, I forgot. You're not in much of a mood for joking, are you? No. Not unless the joke is mine. Like this one. Oh, Hit him just a little harder, boys. You could save yourself some bullets. I pay you to drive the car, Stephen, not to offer suggestion. Okay, boys. Where through the country? First, we'll go to the place, Stephen. There are some questions I want Mr. Templer to answer. Questions that may require a soundproof oh, rule. Oh, oh, oh. Wake up, Mr. Templer. Oh. Oh, so there really is someone like you. I I didn't think I deserved that bad a dream. Bloody but unbowed, eh, Mr. Templer? For a moment I was afraid I might have been a trifle too energetic on your skull. I hate to boast, Professor, but my skull's been creased before by experts. In fact, it has more treads in it than Goodrich puts in his tires. Still fond of your little jokes, I see. How unfortunate they must be wasted on me. You can see, I'm a humorless man. So I've noticed. I brought you here to ask you some questions, Mr. Templer. You should have warned me, Professor. I'm afraid I didn't come prepared for a quiz. I have various means of preparing you, Mr. Templer. So, to begin, to whom did you describe your suspicions concerning a certain man's identity? Certain man? You wouldn't be meaning the big man, would you? The head rack? I have reason to believe you know who he is. Whom have you confided in? Not prepared, Professor. Oh! <coughs> Shall we try the question once again? Yes, but something tells me you'll never pay me the $64. Oh. I can't tell you how impatient I am for your answer, Mr. Templer. You see, after you finish talking, I have other things planned for you. How nice of you to take me a mere stranger in tow like this. I must remember to return all your courtesies uh, when you untie me. Oh. <coughs> Talk! Certainly. But to the district attorney. Yes, I read about your boast to emulate the Northwest Mounted by bringing in your man to the district attorney. Pity... You won't keep the date. Uh, what is it, Stephen? I thought you might be wanting me for something, Bush. No, Stephen. When I want you, Stephen, the door. How many times must I tell you to keep it closed? You fool! You know how I feel about an open door. But, but no bugs came in, Bush. There practically ain't any this time of the year anyway. you tell me, a former professor of entomology. Assistant professor. Please, Stephen. Please, but once before I do something we'll both be sorry for. Okay, Bush. Okay. Fool. You know, it took me a little time to catch on to your particular type of insanity, Professor, but I see it all now. Do you, Mr. Templer? A professor of entomology, eh? The study of insects. <laughs> and you studied them so hard, Professor, you're cracked. Silence! You're not in the classroom now with your students and your specimen bottles, Professor. You're in the big leagues now, in the World Series, Professor. You got to know everything there was to know about insects, didn't you? You knew them so well, you became afraid of them. Uh, <laughs> shut up! It is something to get afraid of when you turn your imagination loose on the subject, Professor. When you consider how many millions of insects there are for each human being. Stop it!
3: I said stop
1: it's it! There's a fly on your sleeve, no. Professor. Stop it! And I think I just almost killed. I said, stop Look, it! A no. No. Stop Look, a Stop it! over there! No. Crickets, no. Professor. Roaches, locusts, oh. Roach. spiders, oh. Hiders. Help, help me. You have to untie me if you want me to help you. I'll tell you. You'll have to, Professor. over there, Professor. And there's a centipede. Professor
3: Roach. Yes. Yes, I'll tell
1: you. Tell you. Tell you. Oh. Tell
3: you. Oh, help me. Help me.
1: There. Yeah. Yeah. Now so you can save me. Oh, please. Do is to get all these crawling, sliding things out of your mind. That's <laughs> easy. Oh, oh, oh. All you have to do is relax. <laughs> Looks like I'll be able to keep my date with the district attorney after all, Professor. My old grandmother used to say, Ned to you. Your word, Mr. Templer. You're here. And alive. Yes, I'm here despite the obstacle course of desperadoes I've run through since our last little talk, Mr. Richards. I'm sorry to say I don't see you a prisoner, Mr. Templer. As I recall, you were to dish up the head crumb. <laughs> I suppose you couldn't bring him in. No, I couldn't bring him in. You see, he already was in. I beg your pardon? Don't beg my pardon, Richard. It's the governor's pardon you want, and you know. I don't think you'll get it. Are you crazy? No, just slow-witted, it seems. Being a district attorney is a wonderful cover-up for a crumb bum, isn't it, Richard? You're insane. Am I? You sound insane, Mr. Templer. Rushing in here, threatening to kill me, calling me a crook and demanding money. I Oh, Oh, I see. Of course, I'd be perfectly willing to forget all of these things. And the various other offenses, I find it so cozy to dream up if you'll just quietly leave town to pretend you were never here. You mean just force from my memory some of the happiest moments of my life, Mr. District Attorney? Oh, no, you're asking too much. Then it looks as though we've reached a stalemate, Templar. Unless, of course, one of us chooses to get violent. Once I catch a murderer, Mr. Richards, I leave all further violence to the state execution. Once you catch him, Templar. Right now, you seem to be in the disturbing position of the hunter who caught a tiger with the tail. Put up your hands. Huh? Oh, you mean over my head? <laughs> Your bug-crazy professor made me keep them at my side. Templar. who gave me away? It was a remark I heard, Mr. Richards. I was told that the only thing in this town people aren't afraid of is getting arrested. So? So I checked Mr. District Attorney's record in the newspaper files. You have an abominable batting average, Richards. People, your people, were literally getting away with murder. Yeah. How clever of you to know this. You control the gang because you could set them free, and so you also control the racket. I know, but you still have to prove your story, Mr. Temple Oh, it's already done. I took the trouble to switch on your uh, intercom, Richards. I'm afraid our conversation wasn't very private. Why, you... And now, Mr. Richards, our personal business, before the police get here... Keep your Richards, hands up high. Certainly. Certainly. Is this high enough? Or shall I raise them higher so I can reach this chandelier... No! Oh! Have a nice nap, mister Richards. I'm sorry I tore up your chandelier, but my old grandmother always taught me to put out the lights before going to sleep. back in a moment. If you're a man who's going places, you want to look your best. So try new Trim Hair Tonic. It conditions your scalp as it grooms your hair. Yes, Trim's the amazing new Pepsodent product. It's the first and only hair tonic made with pure virgin olive oil, nature's finest hair and scalp conditioner. Ask your barber for a professional application of Trim Hair Tonic. And get a bottle at your favorite toilet goods counter. Ask for Trim. It conditions your scalp. As it grooms your hair. And now, Vincent Price. Ladies and gentlemen, it was Robert Blair in the 18th century who best expressed the fate of our greedy Mr. Richards when he wrote these words. Oh, cursed lust of gold! When for thy sake the fool throws up his interest in both worlds, he's lost in this, condemned in that to come. I sincerely hope you enjoyed tonight's show, and will be with us again next week for another adventure of The Saint. Good night. Tonight's story of The Saint was written by Michael Cramoy. Music was composed and conducted by Bill Fontaine. Vincent Price is appearing by courtesy of Universal International Pictures, producers of Ride the Pink Horse. Stay tuned in now for The Whistler, which follows immediately over most of these stations. And join us again next week at the same time for another adventure of The Saint, The Robin Hood of Modern Crime, brought to you by Trim Hair Sonic. T-R-I-N. Yes, trim, the first hair tonic with pure olive oil. T-R-I-N. Trim conditions your scalp as it grooms your hair. T-R-I-N. Trim hair tonic, quick and easy, never greasy. It's easy to look trim with trim. Wendell Niles speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.